Legally Blonde, Suits, My Cousin Vinny. All badass lawyers, all different. Which begs the question, what type of lawyer do you want to be? Don't waste another second thinking, ugh, I don't even know what types of lawyers there are. Trust us, we've been there. Let's put a stop to that once and for all. Go take the 90-second quiz from new lawyer now what coach Angela Vorpal to give yourself a clear picture of the best fit type law for you. Go to www.whattypeoflawyerquiz.com and take the quiz today. Once you've taken the quiz, send us a DM on Instagram to let us know what type of lawyer you got. We can't wait to hear. another Ladies Who Law School podcast episode. I'm Sam. And I'm Haley. And this week's episode is sponsored by Barcast Audio. So we have a very exciting announcement for you 1Ls and 2Ls. So Barcast Audio just came out with the 1L subscription package. So have you ever been like on the way to class and you're thinking, wow, you know, I should have read like way more in depth, but I had 19 cases to think about. I wonder what would make my cold call easier if I was to get cold called. Well, we have the solution. Barcast now has over 300 audio case briefs along with printable briefs too. So you can kill your cold call and be prepared literally every single day of class. That's exactly right. Use the link in our show notes to get your first month free of the 1L subscription that Barcast Audio is now offering. Guys, this is one of a kind service that you can have on the go. And just like Samantha said, this is your perfect opportunity to be prepared for any cold call that might come your way. This week, we have a very, very special guest. She is someone who is a bar exam coach, so she helps JD grads pass the bar exam. She has a very inspiring story, so she did not pass the bar exam the first time, and we talk a little bit about that, but she went on to pass the bar exam in three other states. Okay, so yeah, obviously not a lot of people can do that, and she just has a lot of wisdom to share, so help us welcome our guest. All right, guys, welcome our guest, Ms. Johanna Romero Baca, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, ladies. Hi. I'm Johanna Romero Baca. And I'm originally from Nicaragua, and I came to the United States for college, and I've been here ever since. So where did you go to college, and where did you go to law school? I went to Smith College in Massachusetts, and I started out as an architecture major. (laughs) I thought I wanted to be an architect, and a year and a half into it, I took an international law class and I fell in love. I knew right away that I was in the wrong program. That's awesome. And I I had to call my parents and tell them that I was going to switch to political science. 
that was the closest thing to law that there was. And it was scary. I didn't know how my parents would take it. But luckily, I followed my gut and my intuition and what really felt right for me. And I made the switch. And that was the best decision to follow my gut and not my logic and what made sense, you know, because sometimes we make decisions with our logic and not with, with what feels good. Absolutely. That I know you have a lot of listeners who are thinking about going to law school. So that would be my advice. Follow your what feels right and follow your gut because you don't want to be in a field that you hate going to work every day of your life. <laughs> Absolutely. So tell us, you know, when you were an undergrad and you transferred over to political science, at what point did you decide to pursue going to law school and start studying for the LSAT? And can you tell us a little bit about that part? Yeah, of course. After I graduated, I moved to Washington, D.C., and I started working at a law firm, a big law firm, um, Patton Boggs. It's now Squire Patton Boggs. And I was a paralegal, and I loved it. I worked, um, I had great bosses and mentors, and I worked in the international trade section of the firm and also in the immigration law. My mentor brought me into immigration law, and I worked for four years as a paralegal before going to law school. And I applied to George Washington University School of Law and to Georgetown. I didn't get into Georgetown and I ended up going to GW and I did the night program. So I worked full time still at the same law firm. I worked there nine years while going to law school. I would walk after work uh, to my classes and I graduated in four years instead of three. So we have a lot of people who ask about night programs and how to handle that with a full-time job. So how did you handle it? How did you find the time at that time? You know, did you have a relationship or anything, stuff like that, that's outside of law school? And how do you handle that when it just seems impossible? Yeah, I really love working. I actually love working more than going to school. (laughs) And (laughs) But going to school was a lot of fun. And being in the night program, most of my class are professionals. That's why they're in that evening program. And so the conversations are really interesting. And um, it's a different perspective when they're out in the real world working and It was awesome. You just make time for it. I didn't have a boyfriend, I don't think. (laughs) But I I was young. I was in my 20s. I had lots of friends, um, family, just like everybody else. But I would focus on my work and go to my classes in the evening and do my um, studies on the weekends and things like that. So what would you suggest to someone who is thinking about joining a night program or going part-time to law school, you know, and maybe they're in the midst of trying to decide if they should pull the trigger, you know, maybe they work at a law firm, maybe they just have a family and kids and the whole thing. So what would you, you know, tell that person? I highly recommend it. Of course, the financial reasons, I didn't want to incur more 
um, loans. So I paid for my own expenses and the environment is great, like I said. So I would definitely encourage somebody who is thinking about it. Just again, what feels right, pull the trigger. If yeah. It felt right for me because like I said, I love working. So had you taken me out of that work environment and just put me in law school, I maybe would not have been as happy. But um, I love doing both. And if you have a family you don't have uh, and you have to work, there's no option. Exactly. So just uh, my advice would be to to be really good about your time management, where if if it's your goal and it's something you know is right for you, you will make time for it. Absolutely. So in law school, what were some of your biggest struggles and accomplishments while you were there? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Tax law was my biggest struggle. I don't even know how I got through that. <laughs> Do you have to take that? Um, luckily, luckily, no. Yeah. But I can only imagine. <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah, that was terrible. I don't even know how I passed that class, but luckily I did. And looking back, that was really my biggest um, struggle, tax law. And my one of my biggest accomplishments, I think, was just getting through through working full time and going to school and successfully graduating. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What would you say is your tip for the current law student? Someone who's in the midst of the program right now, maybe a two L, three L, maybe someone who just started, right? The one else they're they're getting they're getting going right now. <laughs> Yeah, do as much as of your reading as you can and really digest it. I know we're all busy and we all have um, family and boyfriends and social life and we want to go out and we want to watch Netflix and whatever it is. But the more you work you put into those cases and the more thought you put into them, the uh, more prepared you will be for your finals, your midterms, and then later on the bar exam. So I know you ladies had a, this uh, woman who was a golfer on your show. I can't remember her name. Yes. She was a student. Yeah. Yeah. And when she described her process, I was like, oh, my goodness. She right, yeah. really put those cases and that material through the ringer. And there's no way after all that that she did that she described I mean, there was no way she wasn't going to do well on her finals and in the on the bar exam. Absolutely. So the closer you can get to that, the better. That's a great tip. Yeah, that is a great tip. So kind of segueing into the bar exam, you conquered the bar exam in three states. So why don't you share what states those were and kind of your experience with taking the bar and you know what what did you do to study what was your regime like um anything that you did to successfully do that because that's I mean not everyone can say they did that in three states we'll be right back hey guys we want to take a moment to talk about something that has been a game changer for us busy lawyers audible yes Audible has been our go-to platform for incredible audiobooks, offering an extensive library of thrillers, nonfiction, autobiographies, and mysteries. And guess what? We've got a special treat for you. 
Audible is offering a free trial to our listeners, and all you need to do is check the link in the show notes. It's the perfect opportunity to experience the magic of audiobooks without spending a dime. Speaking of thrillers, I know you're currently hooked on Never Lie by Frieda McFadden. Samantha, can you tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. The twists and turns in Never Lie have kept me on the edge of my seat during the workday and even when I'm on my daily walks. It's like having a suspenseful companion wherever I go. And for those looking for some financial wisdom, I have been engrossed in My Money, My Way by Kamuku Love. It's packed with practical advice on managing finances, perfect for anyone trying to navigate the complexities of money management. What we love most is the flexibility Audible offers. As lawyers, our schedules can be unpredictable, but with Audible, we can enjoy our favorite books on the go, whether we're stuck in traffic, hitting the gym, or waiting for a court hearing. So if you're ready to embark on a literary journey and discover the joys of audiobooks, click the link in the show notes to start your free trial with Audible. Trust us, you won't want to miss out on this fantastic offer. Yeah, so after I graduated from GW, just like everybody else, I signed up for one of the main bar prep courses. And I'm very responsible. I'm very hardworking. So I completed it to a T. I went to every lecture back then. You had to go in person. It wasn't online. And I did every worksheet. I did, you know practice exams, my flashcards, my outlines, you name it, I did it. And then when results came out, I was at work at Patton Boggs in my office. I shared an office with another paralegal and the results came out on a Friday and my name wasn't on there. And I was so upset. I started crying and I was really embarrassed. I felt like all 300 eyes were on me. I um, left, stormed out in the middle of the day, just crying, went home, didn't tell my boss. I just left. Mm -hmm. And um, it was really devastating. And I didn't understand where I had gone wrong because, like I said, I completed my our prep course. It wasn't like I was at the clubs, you know, not yeah. studying. I was in the library studying long hours. I'm a library type of person. Um, I can't study at home. And so then I, after I grieved for a few days and weeks, mm-hmm. I said, you know what? I have to take matters into my own hands. I can't rely on bar prep course (laughs) to to do this for me I have to figure out how I'm going to get out of this hole (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so what that's what I did I really was honest with myself and I and I said you know what Johanna you are not going to pass this bar exam on the multiple choice that's just not your thing which means your only way out is on the written portion there's there's no other option right Mm -hmm. and so that was really clear to me that that was my way out if I ever wanted expected to pass it was going to be with the points that I earned on the written portion 
The other thing that I realized was that I hadn't studied correctly. I was busy doing, doing, doing and putting in the long hours, but I wasn't really digesting and pre-digesting the material. Mm. And there's no time on the bar exam to digest the material. You have to pre-digest it before going into the bar exam. And Mm. I hadn't done that. And so when you have a minute and a half to... Um, answer a multiple choice question you can't be analyzing and thinking why is it assault versus battery you have to have come into the bar exam knowing the difference ahead of time yeah And, and so I studied completely differently I didn't follow my um outlines because outlines I don't think are very helpful to get me to a higher place of understanding and we'll go into that later Um, And then finally, the third thing I realized was that uh, I wasn't in the right frame of mind. I was spending too many hours studying in the library and not taking care of myself. And so I'm and you ladies do such a good job with this wellness and encouraging people to have a balance. So I love that. And I commend all your work on that front. And so I moved temporarily. My sister was in Miami and I asked her if I could move in with her because she's my best friend and I knew I would be in a good place with her. Yeah. I asked her if I could move in with her and I could study while she was at work. And so that's what I did. I studied. I was really productive with my times because I knew she was going to come home after work and I would want to hang out with her. (laughs) So I was really productive in the morning. Then at lunchtime, I did my yoga and walks and long walks. I know that not everybody's into yoga, but that really, I got into it. I was never into it before. I was really intentional about it. And then after my midday break, I continued my afternoon studying and I stuck to that schedule. And go ahead. So whenever you took the bar the first time right after graduation, were you working? I was working. Okay. I didn't take enough time off. Okay. And I thought I could do it all because I historically had done it all. all. Yeah, no, totally. I, I managed to graduate and work full time. So I didn't think the bar exam would be any different. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think so many people realize that it's just, it's a totally, (laughs) correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it's a totally different hurdle than law school but it's a part of the journey, right? You have to do this to be a licensed attorney. And I think so many of us maybe have that misconception. Yes. And excuse me, they don't tell you, nobody tells you that ahead of time. And not that I'm blaming other people, but but, you know, (laughs) and I didn't, it's like going to the Olympics where historically you've been maybe running a 5k or maybe a marathon in law school you know high school is a 5k then college and law school marathon but you're not you haven't been preparing for the olympics Mm -hmm. and so you've been doing great in your marathons and in your 5ks but holy cow this isn't going to work for the olympics yeah and it's a different mindset required And it's different habits, different eating habits, different self-care routine. 
everything is different. Okay, and so you... Was, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I, I get so excited. No, no, you're fine. I get excited too. So you live with your sister and you, you know, you didn't work at that point. You were just, you were just studying. Okay. Do you think that that made a big difference? Huge, okay. huge difference. I took okay. about six to eight weeks off, I think, from work. Okay. And I know it's hard for some people because you have to pay your bills. Yeah. And what I say is it in the long run, if you don't pass, it ends up being more expensive than those two months that you take yeah. off. You know what I mean? Yeah. So do whatever you can to get that time. Absolutely. Okay. So let's just dive into the bar exam because I know I'm excited to talk about it. And I know that it's on the forefront of our mind and so many other people's. So, you know, you, you did end up passing. So share, share the rest of your story with us. Yeah. So after that time in Miami, I came back to Maryland. That was the first bar exam that I hadn't passed. And I passed the Maryland exam As soon as I passed, my sister convinced me to move to Florida. Of course. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) And so I moved to Florida and I started working. Since I was already licensed in Maryland, I started my first job in Miami was as an immigration attorney at a small immigration boutique firm. Cool. And I thought, well, I might as well take the Florida bar exam because you never know what life is going to bring. (laughs) And right away, I took the Florida bar exam and I passed. And at that time, there wasn't the uniform bar exam. So it was different than what I had already. But again, I just relied on the same method that I used to pass Florida, my wellness my studying to understand the law and my writing portion being my ticket, my way out. Right. Yeah. And I passed Florida. And then two years later, I met my husband and he lived in Texas. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, this is getting crazy. (laughs) I know. And so um, I moved to Texas when I got married and I was like, holy cow, I have to take the Texas bar exam. And I started working also at an immigration law firm here in Houston. And I, again, used my same method. And when I came here, uh, I think oil and gas was tested since it's Texas, right? Yeah. And I'd never taken that in law school I'd never studied for that and for my two other bar exams. But again, if I just relied on studying to understand the law, I knew that there wasn't anything I couldn't boil down and make it understandable, if that's a word. Yeah. So you had to take it three times, like after the first time that you took it. So... Does it get easier the second time and the third time? Do you feel less nerves or is it, you know, does it feel like the first time you're walking into the bar exam every time? Yeah, pretty much. Um, Now that it's been a few years, it's been about 15 years, I think. Looking back, I have a different, definitely a different perspective. But at that time, it was just as 
yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really, yeah, it's really like childbirth. Um, and back then I didn't have a kid, so I didn't know what childbirth was like. But when I came out of every exam, you are completely spent, just like childbirth. You are completely spent. You leave it all on the dance floor. You give it your all. You, there's not an ounce of you left. Your brain is mush. Um, you, yeah. And it's like thinking a year from now. I'm this like, is oh the mindset. This is the mindset you're talking about. Yeah. I have a question. So whenever you studied for the Florida exam and the Texas exam, did you study for the same six to eight week period or did you study a less amount of time? Did you still work? Like, what was that like? Yes. Uh, you mean six to eight weeks? Yes. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Six to eight weeks, same amount. Um, and I did take, I, for each one for Florida and Texas, I maybe took six weeks off or four weeks off instead of eight weeks. Okay. So yeah. And then, and then just focus on those other parts that you had to know. Cause I know Florida is pretty particular in their law as well. Right. Right. Okay. Wow. That is so crazy. Like, I just think, you know, people talk about, Oh, I don't want to have to do this again. And then you're like, I did it three times. Like, that's just so cool. <laughs> I told my husband we couldn't move from Texas. I said, <laughs> well, like, I can't can't move. I'm going to lose my credibility. And he said, no, the bar exam is going to lose its credibility. <laughs> that's so that. true though. Okay. So you talked about writing being your ticket. And I know so many of us, just the 200 multiple choice questions loom over us. And I think writing is our ticket to pass the bar exam. So tell us about that. Tell us about what you can do to be a better writer for the bar exam. Yeah. Writing um, as an attorney is really an art. And I learned it as a paralegal when I told you in Washington, D.C. that I worked at that big firm for nine years. I had a mentor and I would have to go cover hearings on Capitol Hill and come back and write a memo to the partners telling them what happened at those hearings. And she was an associate and she would um, edit my memos and she would move sentences around, move paragraphs around, show me how to write this sentence clearly, the least amount of words in your sentences, um, all these tips. And that's really where I learned how to write. And it, um, and it really is an art. And so as a law student, I think focusing on how can I make this more clear and concise, you, that's, that's how attorneys write. They don't, you know, good attorneys, you don't want to get to a page and a half of rambling and then get to your main point. And a judge doesn't have time to read a page and a half to get to your main point or your senior partner when his billable hour is a million dollars per hour. He doesn't have time to, you know, spend an hour and a half uh, for you to get to your main point. 
And so just learning how to be clear and concise is my best, best advice. Absolutely. So what are some of the most common mistakes that recent grads are taking when they're preparing for the bar exam? Yeah, we, we talked about this a little bit and I think we all sign up for the bar prep course and we, and I, by the way, I do highly encourage everyone to sign up for a main bar prep course, but we also need to realize and have realistic expectations of what it can and cannot do for us. And a $3,000 bar prep course can't do what three years and you know thousands of dollars in law school didn't, didn't do already. Yeah. And so I really advise you and your listeners to be realistic about what those bar prep courses can do. And it's not um, their job to teach you how to communicate effectively in writing. It's just not going to happen. And 50% of the bar exam is written and you do, they are testing how well you communicate in writing. And so if you think that your bar prep course is going to teach you how to do that, it's not. And so that's one of the big mistakes I see among bar exam takers is not being realistic about what their bar prep course can do and your bar prep course also doesn't advise you on mental health and balance and wellness it doesn't show you how to study they just give you this big box of books and you just think you have to go at it and you don't know (laughs) and you think okay I'll just listen to every lecture I'll just do every multiple choice and I'll just follow their plan and I'll be okay And sometimes you really have to back up and say, okay, I don't understand negligence for whatever reason, you know, we all are busy in law school and for whatever reason, we don't really understand. We knew enough to pass a a law school final, but the the bar exam is really testing whether you're ready to go out into the world as a practicing attorney and law school finals aren't. And so it, you have to step up your game because your law school professor isn't looking for that when they are giving you a passing score yeah. and the bar exam graders are. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you talked a little bit about earlier learning and understanding the law. Can you just share with us like how you did that for yourself? You know, obviously, like you said, you know, we watch our, our bar prep lectures, we do the multiple choice, we go through the steps, but how do we know when we don't really understand or, and, and what do we do when we don't really understand a topic? Yeah, I love this because this is really a game changer. Once you get this down, you can pass on any bar exam. And it's also, you know, I haven't said this, but not passing the bar exam has been one of the biggest blessings in my life. I'm going to cry. But (laughs) it really has because I learned how to chunk everything down into manageable portions. And it's a skill that proved to help me uh, on the bar exam in private practice and in my personal life. And so I am so grateful for that experience. 
And there's nothing that is too complicated. You can always, if you take the time and effort to think it through, you will understand it. Okay, maybe it's not, you know, I'm not a NASA rocket yeah. scientist, but, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, if you just take the time. So to be specific, one of the, the things that I did and that I now recommend to my clients is to talk about the rules with someone who's not in the legal field. And I know it sounds very basic, but if you can explain it to your mom, assuming your mom is not a lawyer, or to your boyfriend, to your best friend, and you say, hey, and you tell them how neg- what negligence is, and it has to be someone who's going to not just, you know, yeah, 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 whatever. They have to give you a little pushback. Yeah, yeah. And then if you can't get them to understand negligence, that means you don't understand it yourself. You can't explain it to them if you don't understand it. And you can't just give them the memorized definition. Okay, these are the four elements to negligence. Mm-hmm. That's not going to help them. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you if they say, Haley, if you know your friend calls you and says, Haley, my dog just got out of the fence and bit the neighbor, what am I, you know, what's my liability? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're going to have to explain it to her in words that she can understand. But the only way you're able to explain it to her is, is if you understand it yourself. And that memorized version of the rule isn't going to help you explain explain the law to her and then apply it to her own set of facts. I feel like that's definitely something we could start working on now, you know, as law students. I know that um, I, when I'm studying for exams, I like to teach, um, like my, you know, whether yeah. it's Haley or my boyfriend, like I, I'm like, okay, this is how we go through it. And I teach it because teaching it makes me understand it more sometimes. So I love that advice that if you can explain it to somebody, like you truly know it, because if we can get that down in law school, that'll translate easy to the bar. And then, you and know, into, real, into private practice because mm-hmm. your clients aren't, aren't lawyers yeah. most of the time. So you're going to, like you just said, what do I do? My dog got out. I have to explain to her while she's emotionally frantic, right? Like it's, you have to be able to be direct and it goes back to the way that you described writing and concise, mm-hmm. get to the point, you know? Exactly. And also think about explaining it to an eight-year-old. I have an eight-year-old and there is nothing he can't understand if I don't boil it down. And once I boil it down enough, he will understand it. Yeah. And, you know, the other day when he was six years old, he asked me, mommy, what's a mortgage? And I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to explain this to him? (laughs) Because there are so many... There are so many layers that at six years old, he doesn't, you know. Yeah. You're like, how deep do I go with this? Yeah. He's going to be like, what? (laughs) Yeah. And what happens is also another tip is that at first you will have to practice with your boyfriend, your mom, whoever. Mm -hmm. But once you get the hang of it, you learn how to do it for yourself. And you don't have, you don't need that person when you don't have a person on call. You don't need that other person. You can just do it on your own by yourself. Yeah. 
and kind of, and kind of, and kind of teach yourself, you know, walk yourself through the steps and things like that. It's yeah. almost like when you're in the shower and you're like having a conversation with yourself, yourself and like yeah. coaching yourself through something like that's what I imagine myself doing. Like, okay, negligence. And then just like going about it. Someone so calls and tells me this. Now what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And ladies, this is really non-negotiable because when I tell some of my clients to do this and they, they don't do it and it's really a game changer. You will see how this will pay off on your midterms, your finals, and on the bar exam. I also feel like if you can explain it to a lay person, like you've already got it down to the bite size. And that's really all, if you can analyze it that quickly on the bar exam, like in the minute and a half, like those bite-sized pieces of knowledge and how you explain it, like that's probably such an easy way to recall things on the bar exam. Yeah, and that's how you do answer the, mm-hmm. the questions in such a short amount of time. I remember when our teacher, because we're going through bar studies class right now, and he was like, yeah, you basically have a minute and a half to answer every multiple choice. And all of us just kind of froze, you know, because it was just like, wait, what? Like, that's crazy. Like, are you serious? You know, and he's like, yeah, I'm serious. And I really appreciated him from the beginning telling us like, this is you're going to we need to adjust everybody's mindset. Okay, you you you're in your third year, but we're gonna adjust your mindset again because this is a whole nother ball game that we're about to walk into. So I totally agree with you saying, you know, that you can't just go with, you know, passing law school or getting A's in law school and thinking, okay, that's how I'm gonna do the bar exam, right? But what do you say to the person who maybe, you know, ha- like I mean even to yourself, right? Whenever you didn't pass the first time, like you put in the work and you did these things and you think to yourself, like I did all this work and now maybe they're in the greeting process. I know Oklahoma bar results just came out um, a few days ago. So, you know, people are in that process right now. And what do you say to those people who are going to have to do this again? Going to have to take it again. Yeah, I love this question, Um, Haley. What I would say is you're going to pass. Don't worry. Think about what got you to law school in the first place. Yes. yes. We forget this. We're too worried about, oh, my gosh, this is such a huge exam and such a huge obstacle. We forget that we have everything we need inside of us to pass. That's why we ended up in law school and not in med school. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I see it in my son at eight years old when he argues for something and I'm like, holy cow, he nips it in the bud. And if he goes into a bar exam with those set of skills, there's no way he's not going to pass. And we forget yeah. it. We're too yeah. caught up in doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like literally like, that's so cool because you just hear as young you know, we, we were all eight years old once and you hear about who you were as a kid. And to hear that about your son, it, it, it it's so cool because we're just going to see him grow up. You're obviously going to see him grow up and just see what, what he ends up doing. That's amazing. The soft skills that you need as a young person, you know, so many things that we don't think about. Like simply having the, uh, Maybe not overthinking as much. Not overthinking, but also having the guts, right? To have an argument. And, and nip it in the bud, you know? Yeah. And the lawyering skills, that's, think about all the skills that you admire in the lawyers that you admire. Those lawyering skills, they 
think about outside the box. They're creative, they're fierce, they're badasses. Yes. They don't follow a main bar prep course. You know what I mean? Yeah. They make it their own. So and true. if you go into the bar exam as the badass version of yourself and make it your own and analyze the crap out of those facts, you're going to pass. You're going to show the bar exam grader. I was meant to go to law school. This is why people always tell me you should go to law school. This is why I invested thousands of dollars in law school. The minute you invested and then took the LSAT, applied to law school, went through that whole thing, is the minute that you told yourself, I can do this, I can pass the bar. Oh, yes. I'm feeling like (laughs) so empowered now. Like, yes, 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 yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Johanna. So you are a bar exam coach, correct? Yes. yes. Okay. So tell us a little bit about that and potentially for any of our listeners who want to seek you out. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm now teaching my three-step process and uh, the Elevate Your IRAC method, which is really communicating effectively in writing. And the other two components, um, the mental health and wellness and balance. And I go deeper in more, um, into more studying how to study correctly and preparing, <laughs> doing 80% yeah. of the work ahead of time. Honestly, like why, like that's the way to do it. You know, you always hear like, you've got to put in the work. You Mm -hmm. just can't click through the video. Like we've heard so many times, like people are like, oh, like you just click through the videos and like, you'll get it. If you finish the program, like you'll pass, you know, like even if you don't pay attention, like, no, you have to put in the work and you have to understand. And you have to put thought into it. One of my clients, um, when she took the bar exam in February, she called me right after and she was so excited. She was so happy. And she said, Johanna, I've studied. This was her third time taking the bar. And she said, I've studied venue before, but I, I was absent in my mind. I never understood venue. I never understood how it worked. And now I knew what the heck I was talking about. And of course she got out excited and happy and she didn't freeze. She didn't run out of time. You know, it's a whole different experience. I'm like pumped now. I'm like, okay, let's Let's, let's, do this. Let's go do this. Yeah, exactly. And also I like that you said that, Sam, about uh, the time and the effort. It really is. There's no shortcuts. And all those bar prep companies and outlines and then your friend shares outlines and all that stuff, they're shortcuts and shortcuts don't work. I love a shortcut just as much as everybody else. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) But shortcuts don't work when you really need to get the job done. It's like weight loss. You're not going to rely on a shortcut when you want weight loss in the long term. And you're just and it's just two months of your life. You're going to be an attorney for the rest of your life. My dad is 80, 83, 84. He's still practice. He's teaching now. He's an attorney uh, in Honduras. He teaches at the local law school. And so in the grand scheme of things, two months, three months of bar prep, putting your life on hold and taking the time and putting in the effort to digest those rules is nothing. It really is nothing. And we have to be willing to do things that other people aren't willing to do. That's, that's why we're lawyers <laughs> you know like it's such a small percentage of people who get to be in this profession and you know 
it's you have to you have to remember that like you're one of the small percentage of these people who get to be a lawyer so like treat it it. it's it's an honor you're an officer of the court you know so like put the work in put the work in and and that's also like going back to what you said earlier about how they want to make sure that you can go out and be a practicing attorney like remember that too like you can't just click through the bar bar prep videos and think that you're going to be able to go out and practice you know you're going to have to put in the work just like you said and I think ultimately you know that's the best advice I think you know, I obviously haven't taken the bar, but I think that I try to keep reminding myself is that this is a, a marathon, you know, or the Olympics, right? Like this is a long game. We're, we're playing the long game. Keep your mindset, right? Keep, take care of yourself, like take breaks, th- things like that. And I, I think that your program too, of making sure that you do yoga or walks or take those breaks or and, uh, decompress is so important for, uh, learning in general. And so when I, looking back um, after the perspective I have after three bar exams is really, there's no magical transformation in the days after when you're waiting for your results, you have to go into it as the attorney version of yourself. And it's easier for me to say, of course, now looking back But um, I remember the third bar exam when I was already licensed in two other states, it was easier for me to believe it. You know what I mean? And so I was unleashed and unstoppable (laughs) and I was telling those bar exam graders, you know, this is how it is. And I wasn't questioning myself. you You just analyze the crap out of it. And that's what you will be doing as an attorney. But also the magical, there's no magical transformation. In theory, they could grade your bar exam that same day. And that same day you could get sworn in. And that same day you could, you know, put up your shingle and advise someone and have your first client. So don't expect that piece of paper three months down the line to give you the validation. It's not. You are, you have to walk in there as the attorney version of yourself. I have just absolutely loved your analogies and the way you, you yeah, the mindset that you've been pushing. Like, I know that for us getting ready to take the bar in a year, like it's extremely needed, (laughs) you know, like just to hear this stuff. And I know that we're not the only ones who are like, tell me more, you know? Yeah. So where can everyone find you so they can reach out to you if they have questions and if they want to be your client, let them know. Yeah. I created a free um, download for your listeners, especially for law students. I'll share the link with you guys and my website, baregzamcoachingbyyohanna.com and my Instagram, johanna underscore bar underscore coach underscore. Anyway, find me at baregzamcoachingbyyohanna. <laughs> And yeah, I, I, you ladies are going to do amazing and all your listeners um, I reach out. I'm happy to chat with everybody and, you know, help them as much as I can. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Johanna. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye, thank ladies. You. Bye. All right, guys. Well, I don't know about you, but as... You can tell we are 
pumped up. It sounded like we were about to go off to play rugby or football or soccer or something. Maybe not study for the bar, but honestly, like sometimes you just have to get your mindset like that. Like you're about to charge up a mountain or take on something really intense and crazy because quite honestly, it is that. And Johanna has done it three times in three different states and it is so interesting to hear how she took the bar exam the different things that she did in comparison to what she had done in law school what she had done the first time she took it versus the first time she passed and I think so many people can learn from this episode. I know bar exam results are starting to come out. And if you are one of the people that don't end up passing the first time, this lady is the lady you need to reach out to as soon as possible. And she will help you pass the bar because it's just not an easy feat. And we, we all know that if, if you're getting ready to go to law school or you're in law school, you know that the bar exam is another hurdle that we have to go through. So with that being said, uh, we will have a special surprise in our show notes from Johanna. It's an action plan for law students. And she's also going to have a program for first time bar takers that is probably going to be ready. Um, maybe not for February, but we will keep you guys in the loop about that because I know we were just like, we want to know everything. Even if you just have a course or, um, you know, like a, like a few online videos or lectures and things like that. So we will keep you updated. This is definitely an episode you're going to want to save and come back to it, especially if you're a 1L, you're like, guys, I'm not really worried about the bar. Like we, we are sorry, (laughs) but you know, as you can tell, like this is a huge part of our life for the next year. Yeah. And I think she brought it all home when she said, you know, law school is like the marathon and then the bar exam is like the Olympics. Like you got to train your body. You got to be in the mindset. Think about the athletes that are in the Olympics. Like it's all about the mindset. You can't psych yourself out. You got to train, you got to eat well, you know, you just have to treat your body like, like you're an athlete, you know? So I think she had great tips and I know that I'm going to really start thinking about my IRAC skills because I want to get all the points. I can on that writing section. You betcha. So we will keep you guys posted with anything that she ends up posting for you guys. And please check her out. All her info is in the show notes. And she was just such a nice person to talk to. But yeah, I think on that note, we are going to head out of here. Okay, guys, make sure and follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Also, don't forget to join our Facebook group where we (laughs) almost said Facebook page. Don't forget to join our Facebook group where you can chat with other law students, lawyers, and pre-law students all about anything from under the sun. Just the other day, I was asking people about critical pass flashcards and got some great answers and might even buy a set through the Facebook page. So um, stay tuned with that. And as always, guys, be kind to your neighbor, be kind to yourself, and I'll talk to you again next week. Please wear your mask. Bye. Bye.